All right, here we go. Uh, we are in uh, at the end of a uh, series where we've been out the wilderness, right? And uh, started the series with the month here as we as we make the move here uh, into kind of our own wilderness as a as a congregation, knowing that God's got something great in store for us that He's building up the road, and uh, but we're just not there yet. So it was an opportunity to really talk about uh, what is it to be out in. Wilderness. And we know the wilderness is coming. And we all experience those places in our lives that are like that wilderness struggle. We're kind of at one place in our life, and yet we know God has something else uh, out there. And we've been uh, really walking with the people of Israel and looking at the experience in their life as they went from Egypt to, to the Promised Land and trying to glean from them what are the things we can understand, what are the keys that we can understand about our own wilderness and, and how God can work there. And remember with Israel so far, uh, we have seen them come out of Egypt being rescued by God's mighty hand. We've seen them go to the Red Sea and the waters part. Uh, we've seen them out there in the wilderness and, and uh, God providing them with uh, quail and with men every day and just living day to day. Uh, we've seen them at Sinai where they, they, they turned away and yet God gave the opportunity uh, to come back. And all the way along, remember the challenge for Israel has been to keep their focus on following God's lead. Following that cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night, keeping the focus on what God desires for them. And to wrap it up, today, we're going to try to figure out, okay, we've been in the wilderness, but when the time comes, how do you move from being out in that wilderness to the promised place that God wants you to be? Because we know that from the beginning, right? We know from the beginning for the people of Israel that while they were down in Egypt, God already had a dream, God already had a vision, God already had an expectation, God already had a plan, and God already had a place worked out for them. That even before they left Egypt, God had prepared in His own mind and will a promised place for them. That's where we start. We know that as we're in the wilderness, we're moving toward something. That God has a promised place for us. Let me show it to you uh, in the experience of Israel. Today we're going to look at Numbers uh, 13. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Choose a leader from each tribe and send them into Canaan to explore the land I am giving you. Give you a little help there. I highlighted, underlined, italicized. Do you think I want to get a point through? Yeah. Who's doing the heavy lifting? Who's doing the giving? Oh, God is. See, from the beginning, Albert, here's what happened. They've gone through the wilderness. They're now at the southern edge of the promised land. They've gone through the wilderness. God has provided them. They're now right there at the southern edge of the promised land. It is right in front of them. And God reminds them that he's the one that has prepared that place for them. Jews and leaders send them out there because you're going to go see the land that I am giving you. He's inviting them into the process now of moving from wilderness to promised land. But he's the one that's prepared. He's the one that has it out in front of them. God's moving them from here to there, and he's the one in control of the movement. They're moving out of the wilderness but they only can do it as they move according to God's direction. Now, God does some neat stuff. As He moves the people from wilderness to promised land, He gives them the opportunity. 
First thing he does, he moves them forward, and God gives them an awareness of what they're moving to. I mean, we hear about moving forward with blind faith. Heard that phrase before? Yeah, move forward with blind faith. What's interesting is when, when God moves the people of Israel into the promised land, he gets them right there where they're ready to go in. He doesn't just say, now just go. He moves them in by first giving them an awareness of what they're headed into. When God is moving you into the place he wants you to be, he's going to give you an awareness, a picture, a vision of what you're moving toward. Let, let me show you today in Numbers 13. He gives instructions as he sends these people out. He says, after you go through the southern desert of Canaan, continue north into the hill country, find out. Find out what those regions are like. Be sure you remember how many people live there, how strong they are. And if they live in open town and walled cities, see if the land is good for growing crops and find out what kind of trees are growing there. It's time for the grapes to ripen, so try to bring back some of the fruit that grows there. See, he's not asking them to just act on blind faith. He's sending them into the land some folks to go in and scope it out because he wants to give them a picture. He wants to give them a vision. He wants to show them the possibility of what's right out there in front of them. When God moves you from a wilderness where you've been just struggling, where it's getting along, where you're just living day to day, where you're just depending on Him day after day, moment after moment, He gives you a picture and a vision of what the promised land can do. What is your promised place? What does it look like? What is, it, what is the picture of God creating your heart and your mind of where He wants your life to go? He sends the people of Israel in to check out the land. Go look it over. Go check it out. Go see what I prepared for you. Find out for sure every little piece of it. Get a picture of the promise that I'm fulfilling in your life. When God moves you from wilderness into the place He wants you to be, He's going to start by giving you picture of what it can be. And get the picture. It says, when they got the Bunch Valley, when they got the Bunch Valley, they cut off a branch with such a huge bunch of grapes that it took two men to carry it on a pole. How big are the grapes? Well, remember that game we play with, with little, little kids, right? We go, oh, how big are you? Oh, you're so big. Remember that game? You play that? Nobody else plays that game? <laughs> Come on! You play that game! Oh, how are you doing? Oh, you're going to get to it. You're getting so big. How big are you? Oh, so big! And you always exaggerate, right? Oh, you're so big! You always exaggerate. Is this... I mean, does God exaggerate the picture of what He has in store for The grapes are so big! Two guys on a ball! When God moves you into awareness, He moves you into awareness of what He can accomplish in your heart's place. It's not about what they can accomplish. He's already showing them what He has prepared for them. Do you see that? What He's got in store for them. It's the picture God has already had for them. He's just now bringing that awareness into their life. Look, this is what's, this is what's ahead. See, moving from wilderness promised land starts with you getting an understanding and a picture of how big the promised place can be for you in God's mind. And it goes from God's mind to your vision. 
day how much can God do in your life when you get in the promised place? It can be so big. And it gives you time. It doesn't happen just like that. Look at the, the next verse in 25. It says, after exploring the land of Canaan for how long? It's up there this week, by the way, when I say that. I apologize for last week. Technology, not me. Uh, yeah, how long were they there? 40 days! Okay, so they're 40. He gives them time to get a handle on the awareness of how big his promised place is for them, doesn't it? It's not just like that. He gives them time to, to work through it, to understand it, to get a picture of it, to grab hold of it, to make it real in their life, to, to understand this is a possible promised place in their life. When God's moving you from wilderness to promised place, he gives you time to grow, discern, understand how incredible, how incredible it can be. Remember the 40 days. If you remember when they were at Sinai and Moses fell up on the mountain, it said he was up on the mountain and it was 40 days and 40 nights. And the text was very clear. It was a long time. Remember that? It was a long time. See, he's giving you the time you need in the wilderness to be able to understand how big the promised place he has Time to discern and understand what the possibilities are. Now the key to it is, moving from wilderness to promised place is to not only discern the picture, not only discern the vision of what God can do, but to focus on what God wants and not on the obstacle. Look at the text again. In the text, it says, Look at this fruit. What are they supposed to look at? Don't zooming! Grapes, right? They're supposed to look at the ginormous grapes. They're supposed to look at how incredible grapes are. They're supposed to look at the pole and the two guys and how big and incredible and fantastic this place is. They're supposed to say, Focus on the vision and the picture of what God can do. That's where they're supposed to stay focused. The land that you explore that is rich with milk and honey. And it's the same words, right there, the same words that God used when he made the promise to Abraham, this is what he was going to do in Abraham's ancestor's life. This is what he was going to do in the offspring's life. And now it's coming to fulfillment. And you say, focus on what God can do. And whenever this happens, when you're moving from wilderness to promised land, you get that picture, you start getting that focus, you start getting an understanding of, of what God can do in your life, what He wants for your promised place. And while that's happening, there will always be the temptation to get to the bottom. To get to the, you know, it's always kind of behind you, isn't it? I mean, not just literally. It's just always kind of is right behind you, saying, well, God, I mean, how God. That's what happens. God's Grapes, two people, pull so big. But that's what happens next. It says in the text, but the people who live there are strong. Their cities are large and walled. We even saw three Anakim clans. Besides that, the Amalekites live in the South Desert, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites are in the Hill Country, and the Canaanites live along the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. What happened? 
gave them a picture, a vision of what could happen when they stayed focused to him, right? And then came the blood. They lost their focus. They moved their focus. They went from focusing on what God can do, what God puts in front of them, to looking at what they can't do. They started looking at the obstacles. They stopped looking at the potential of what God could do if they would just move into the promised place He's prepared for them. And instead, they started focusing on themselves and the potential of their own failure. Did you see that? They started looking at the obstacles and measuring the obstacles and saying, well, you know, they're really big and the walls are really thick. And they started looking at the potential for their own failure. And then they go beyond just looking at the potential of their own failure. It says, but the other men replied, those people are much too strong for us. They started to spread rumors saying, we won't be able to grow anything in that soil. And the people are like giants. In fact, we saw the Nephilim, who were the ancestors of the Anakim. And they are so big that we felt as small as grasshoppers. Look what they did. They went beyond measuring the potential to their failure to creating the probability of their failure. They said, well, not only is all this stuff like that, but let me tell you, let me exaggerate. Let me exaggerate the potential here for our failure. It is so bad we won't be able to grow anything in that soil. Now, wait a minute. Did I miss something? I think there were two guys carrying a huge bunch of grapes in front of us a minute ago. Now you're telling me they can grow those kind of grapes in that soil and you can't. Does that add up? You see, they move beyond just kind of sizing the situation up. They move to focusing on the obstacles and exaggerating those, optical, those obstacles into not just the potential for failure, but the assumption of failure. When you move from the wilderness to the promised place God has in your life, you have to be careful that you don't get into the assumptions and the exaggerations of failure. There's a guy who was out walking around his town and he heard a baseball game going on. So he walked over to the baseball field and there was a little, little league game going on. And he walked up and kind of stood behind the dugout. And there's a young guy in the dugout, a ball player in the dugout. And... Uh, and uh, he said, how's it going, son? What's the score? And the boy said, well, it's 18 to nothing. They're winning. And the guy looked at the scoreboard, sure, sure enough, 18 to nothing. And he said, wow. He said, that must really frustrate you and uh, really not, not give you much hope. And the guy says, oh, the little boy. He said, oh, not really. We haven't even got up back. <laughs> See, that's what we do. So a lot of times we... We exaggerate the obstacles. We exaggerate. We look at the potential for failure. We exaggerate everything. And we say, well, wait a minute. You haven't even let God get up to bed yet. Remember the graves. Remember what he did in the wilderness. You see, you have to resist the exaggeration and you have to focus on the promise. Instead, the people of Israel are right there. God's painted this wonderful vision of what they can do in the promised land. He's assured them he's already given it into their hands. And they exaggerate and they focus on the failure. It says, after the Israelites heard the report from the 12 men who explored Cana, the people cried all night. Where is their head and heart? 
themselves on what can't be. Send a complaint to Moses and Aaron. Now listen, we wish, I, really? We wish we had died in Egypt or somewhere out here in the desert. Is the Lord leaving us in the kingdom just to have us killed and our women and children captured? Now, we'd be better off, really? We'd be better off in Egypt. Then they said to one another, let's choose our own leader and do what? Go back. Are you kidding me? you got to be kidding me. You want to settle in your life for going back to making bricks and being a slave when God has set a promised place right out in front of you and given you a picture of what He can do in your life? You've got to be kidding me. When you're in the wilderness, it's the time to learn to keep your focus on what God can do. And when you get to the edge of the promised place, it is discover the vision of what you do and stay focused on what God can do and how big God is. Remember what the people did? They got focused on themselves. Here again, it says, but the other men replied, those people are just too strong for us. And they started spreading rumors and saying, we won't be able to grow anything that's all. And the people are like, giants. In fact, we saw the Nephilim, who were the ancestors of Anakin. And they were so big that we felt as small as one. Instead of saying, God's vision is so big, they said, we are so small. We are so small. We are so it's just too big. Do you see what they did? They turned their focus from what God can do, and they assumed their own failure, all except for two. One was Caleb. Caleb calmed down the crowd and said, Let's go. Let's go, David. I know we can do it. How could you do that? Caleb was focusing on the grace. He was focusing on what he saw in the land that God prepared for him. Caleb had learned in the wilderness to keep his focus in the right place. He had learned in the wilderness what God could do. He was at the Red Sea. He saw God part the sea. He was at Mount Sinai. He saw God destroy the idols. He was there when God covered the camp and quail. He was there when manna was there every single morning. He saw everything that God could do and how incredible God was. And when it came to the land, he kept the focus on the grapes and he said, look, let's go. God can do it. You see, if you want to move from wilderness to the promised place God has in your life, you keep the focus not on yourself and your inadequacy, but you focus on what God can do. It says, we saw the land ourselves, and it's very good. Now notice this next verse. If we obey the Lord, He will surely give us that land rich with milk and honey. So don't rebel. We have no reason to be afraid of the people who live there. The Lord is on our side, and they won't stand a chance against us. There was a uh, man who was on a ship, and uh, they were out in, at sea, and a huge storm uh, came up. The ship was being tossed, you know, all over the place. He was below deck, 
he was getting nervous, he was getting really scared, and uh, he looked over and he saw a young boy uh, sitting in the same area where he was, and the boy was just sitting there really calm. And, and the guy was just amazed that the boy could be in this tremendous storm and just sit there really calm. So he went over to the boy, you know, he started striking up a conversation with him and, and saying, wow, you know, what an incredible storm we're in. How in the world can you be so calm? And the boy responded saying, well, it's easy. My dad is the captain. And he's never lost a ship at sea yet. He moved from wilderness to promised place in the night. You remember who the captain is? Who brought you through the wilderness? Who brought you through the wilderness? That's what we learn in the wilderness. We learn and we remember that it's God's favor in our life that makes all the difference. We remember it takes God's favor. It was God's favor that got us through the hard place. It was God's favor that got us through the challenges like the Red Sea. It was God's favor that got us through all the anxiousness and the anxiety. It's God's favor that's going to move us into the promised place in our life. And the Israelites got a bad report back. Moses came back to them uh, and told them that God was obviously upset with them because of their choice not to go ahead and take the land. And so they came up with a bright idea of their own. They said, oh, well, let's go ahead and take the land. They decided for themselves, as they said, we were wrong to complain about the Lord, so let's go into the land that he promised us. But Moses replied, you're disobeying the Lord. Your plan won't work, so don't even try it. You see that? When we try to just do it on our own, when we try to do it on ourselves, when we try to do only our picture, it won't work. You're only going to stay in the wilderness. To go from the wilderness to the promised place in your life is because you stay focused on what God desires. Someone once said, God expects of us one thing that glorifies Him and is remain, and that is to remain absolutely confident in Him, remembering what He has said beforehand, and sure that His purpose will be fulfilled. You learn in the wilderness to focus on your faith. The key to moving from wilderness to promised land is not only the picture of what God can do in your life, not only fighting off the exaggerations and the obstacles and staying focused on God's promise, but focusing on your faith. The Lord told Moses to say to the people of Israel, So tassels on the bottom edge of your clothes and tie a purple string on each tassel. These will remind you that you must obey my laws and teachings. And when you do, you'll be dedicated to me and you won't follow your own sinful desires. I am the Lord your God who led you out of Israel. What's God wanting to do? Remember. Remember. What we learn in the wilderness is we remember when we focus on God. When we focus our lives on what He wants, then He leads us to a promised place. And it's the faith that says God will never fail. The people of Israel wandered for 40 more years because they failed to simply exercise their faith. Friends, we've wandered in the wilderness. You've wandered in the wilderness in your life. You 
If you want to experience that promised place God has for you, focus on your faith. Focus on your faith to get a picture of what God can do. Fight off the obstacles, fight off the temptations to see yourself as only a grasshopper, and instead focus on how great and how big God is. Remember, God is so big. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that you would bring to us a wisdom that we could uh, take not just the message today, but all of these times that we've been looking at the wildernesses in our lives and that we could move through that time of wilderness knowing that you uh, you already have a place for us and you already have something in store in our lives and we just need to become aware of it, perceive it, to look at it with your eyes. We ask today that uh, you would open up our eyes and our spirits to see how big, how big it is, how overwhelming your promise can be with goodness and purpose. Father, we pray this morning that you would just keep moving us through the wilderness. And when we get to the edge of that promised place, help us look beyond the obstacles and not exaggerate things and to see our own weakness, to see how big you are, how great you are, and to keep focus and keep our faith, our faith and our confidence that says you are greater. Father, bring that into our lives, we ask, as you brought Jesus, who conquered death, who conquered evil, who conquered all things and rose again to give us that kind of life. It's in his name we pray. Amen. For you to move toward whatever it is he has in store. They got to the sixth day and he gave them a new direction. As you keep going through the wilderness, one day after one day after one day, God is going to keep giving you a new direction to move you toward where He wants you to be. And wherever He wants you to be is going to be so much better than whatever it is you left behind in Egypt. Augustine, uh, St. Augustine uh, says it this way, Trust the past to God's mercy, the present to God's love, and the future to God's providence. One day at a time. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that you would uh, just be with us this day. This day, Father. Make it your day. Make it a powerful day when we can experience you here in this room and uh, throughout the rest of this day that we can just focus not on what's tomorrow and not what's on uh, yesterday, but we can just concentrate on this day and know that you choose to be with us today you choose to guide our lives in whatever it is that you have in store for us. Whatever direction is in front of us, that direction is so much better than anything we've left behind. Father, we ask for your blessing now as we move through whatever wilderness we might face, knowing that you are with us. Provide for us that manna in the morning and that meat in the evening. Help us to be full of your spirit. We pray it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.